0: We're starting a brand new series over the next four weeks on staying in love. <laughs> Gee whiz, fancy you standing here telling everyone how to stay in love, relationships. Those that have been married for many, many years. Those may not even be in a relationship. And we're going to be covering primarily on marital relationships, um, romantic relationships. But this will also cross over to relationships in general. You'll find that the same principles apply... Whether it's in a working relationship, a friend-sister relationship, and a friendship relationship. But primarily this is going to be on a romantic-style relationship. You ever get those words that just drive you mad? There's just one or two words that when people mention them to you, you just cringe. I've got about 50. I'm going to go through just a couple, but they're the words that when someone mentions it, your eyes roll, you just want to go up and shake them and go, the English language wasn't meant to be that way. Alright? Awesome. What a great word. Alright? Awe-inspiring. You're talking about something of such majesty. Out of this world. Drives me mad when I hear people at work, or whether I'm out shopping somewhere, and I'll hear someone say, love what you've done with your hair, it's awesome. Really? Your hair's got a different colour in it, it's got a nice little foil perhaps through it, you know, you might have spent three hours doing it, but someone describes your hair as awesome in the context of majesty out of this world. You know, as a, as a Christian and a follower of Jesus, I think of um, this year being the anniversary of a man walking on the moon, And how awesome that would have been to look back down on earth to accept what God had created and think, this is awesome. Not someone's hair who's gone from a blonde to a light brown with a bit of a foil or no hair at all and go, this is awesome. Drives me mad. My next one is surreal. I cannot stand the way that people use the word surreal. All right? And I hear journalists today, journalists who are supposed to be grammatically qualified and educated in it, that use the word surreal out of context. You know? It's like at the football the other week. Brisbane Lions, they won a game in the last minute. Someone kicks a goal, right? The ball goes through the goal. 30 seconds to go. And someone next to me goes, that was so surreal. And I think... I can't help myself, right? I embarrass my family. I can't help myself. I had to ask this person, what do you mean? And they said, well, like, I was sitting there and this guy took a mark and there's 30 seconds to go and he kicked this ball through the goal and it was so exciting. And I went, really? It's real. I mean, you're in a sport where the object is to kick this ball through this goal in a set period of time, which is very exciting, mind you, But that's a surreal moment, something that we'd normally associate with freaky, unearthly um, imagery, like this visionary thing, all right? Now, I was a bit excited. I did stand up with a very gentle clap, all right? Actually, my daughter told me to stop embarrassing her. I had to sit down. (laughs) Surreal is like walking outside of church and seeing pink pigs fly in on a magic carpet with morning tea for us. Alright, it's completely surreal. It's not even unreal, it's surreal. You know, and these people use it out of context, and I know I shouldn't argue with a TV, but I do because they can't talk back. But it just drives me mad. One of the other words I hate is whatever. Cannot stand the word whatever. Is that a generational thing? Is it really? Can't stand it. I'm at work. I'm trying to explain to one of the staff why this is really important to get this particular task done this way. And I get a, yeah, whatever. Whatever. That's almost strike one in my book. Or I come home and I've got a number of whiteboards in my office that I work to. And I do have a number. And I come in there and my wife, bless soul, she's rubbed out one of my whiteboards and she's put a shopping list on it. And I'm trying to explain to her why that's not a good thing. And I get this, whatever. And I hate it. It's, it's, in that context, it's so dismissive, you know. Your relationship with them is so dismissive. like, whatever, who cares, you know. And I cannot stand it. The other one that's starting to make me cringe a little bit is this word, love. And the way that people use that word today, love. Bought a new fridge. Love it. Freezer, extra room down the bottom. <laughs> it's got the um, ice machine and the water on the front. Love it. Gee, I love chocolate. I could eat it all day. Absolutely love it. White chocolate, dark chocolate, 95%. Love it. All right. Beautiful. Bought a new car. Love it. Five-speed manual, GTS dash. Runs beautifully. Love it we're losing the connotation of what love is. You know, uh, many of us can go back years when they had a dog food called love. That's what we got it down to, L-U-V, love. You know, and I think we're just losing that. So when someone comes up to you and they say, I love you, what does that mean today? What does that actually mean? And there was a movie about that, Love Actually, but I don't have any videos on that. But what does that mean? And it worries me a little bit in society with this throwaway mentality we have. We have this culture now of a throw mentality. If it doesn't work, I'll throw it away, I'll get something new. If it's not quite working, I'm not going to try and repair it. I'm just going to throw it away and I'm going to get it. That's permeating into relationships. The way we view love, the way we've grown up with it, the way that our children are modeling that from us and through society, culture's almost saying that if your relationship doesn't work out, are you too wrong? Or, yeah, it was okay for a while, had a few problems, I just move on. And I don't have a problem with social media sites like. Tinder and those, they the a great idea, a bit different than when I was growing up. I worked on a numbers game. Eventually some girl will go out if I keep asking so many. All right. Didn't work for a long time, but I got married. But I, I get it. You can profile someone. You can understand someone a bit more. We're all really busy. It works. But what tends to happen with it, and I've seen this even when people are in a relationship, they go back to the site and they're looking for something better. And then suddenly they'll swipe left. I've had enough. I want to move on. Yeah, Because I chose badly. We've lost how we look at that word love. We don't fix anything. We don't persist with anything. We rarely commit to anything. And we've now started to put love into that category. The, the English language just does not categorise it, all right? Love is purely a feeling today on how I feel at any given time. And if I lose that or something happens and that diminishes, I simply move on and I look for something new, something bright and shiny, something with red hair instead of blonde hair, all right? We go on. Jesus said... Sorry, I'll come back to that one. Jesus said, love one another. That's essentially what most of us would remember. It goes on further than that. And I'll go to it. When we look at love, and I did extensive research on this, everyone. I researched some family members and a few friends. So extensive research. And I eventually came up with an idea. The only only thing you need for love today, the only thing you need to be in love in the world today is a pulse. And sometimes we need a kickstart. That's the other thing. It doesn't matter if you're 15 years old, 50 years old, 85 years old. We all have a pulse. We can all be in love to some extent. Jesus said, love one another. What I want to highlight here in particular is two things. I'll go back one. If you're a follower of Jesus Christ and you're a Christian, this is as scary as the um, Lord's Prayer where it says, forgive me my sins if you forgive me. This is a command and it starts off with a new command I give you. So if you're a follower of Jesus Christ... This isn't a request where Jesus says, you know what, have a think about it. If you like it, run with it. If you don't, it's up to you. It's a new command. It's the second command. If you're not a follower of Jesus Christ, that's okay at this point. No one will argue with me or could argue with me that that principle, that that value is not of value in any relationship would not make the world a better place. So even if you're not a follower of Jesus Christ, this is important to know. And as I said, most of us look at it and we see love one another. And we miss something really important in this, I think. As I have loved you. He defined it further. He didn't just go up in this general thing, love one another, and we put the connotation in, oh, I love chocolate. I love my preach. Love that girl down the road or that boy down the road for now. He said, as I have loved you, so you must love one another. So what does that mean? What what does that look like? English language, as I said, really doesn't articulate a lot of words to me as well as it should. Love is one of them. I like to go back to something like The old Greek times, where they have three forms of love to describe three levels of love. To put everything in the context, alright? We have philia. It resembles brotherly love, sisterly love, something probably that you would base on loyalty. Alright? It's a wonderful showing of loyalty, showing of appreciation. We have eros. This is that romantic love, all right? that feeling. Right? You don't necessarily have to be in a married relationship or that type. It's a romantic type love. It's a different description to how we look at love. Right? The first one's brotherly, sisterly. In English, we would just use the word love. Greek really define it much further for us to that understanding. And this is where I want to spend most of today with, agave. This is sacrificial love. All right? This is where, if you're a follower of Jesus Christ, Jesus died on the cross for us. All right? Sacrificial. He didn't do it out of brotherly love. He didn't do it out of any romantic love. It was a love that permeated to its highest level of sacri- love. Now again, you can argue with me, if you're not a follower of Jesus Christ, you cannot dispute that there was a man, Jesus of Nazareth, who died on the cross under the hands of the then governor, Pontius Pilate. That is a fact. This man Jesus, who we consider Lord and Saviour, died as a sacrifice for us. It was a higher level sacrifice love. Now I'm not expecting any of you to actually sacrifice yourself on a cross for your partner. Alright? I'm not suggesting that. What I am suggesting is you can see the higher elevation. We're looking at a relationship in a way in sacrificing. Not things that got a little bit difficult I really don't like the way she's taking three hours to do a hair and I'm late to every movie we go to Swipe left. I'll move on to the next one. It's that higher level love that we put commitment on. All right? It's about commitment. When we look at love in this way, we actually take love away from being emotion, a noun, and it becomes a verb. All right? Those whose English isn't terrific, verb is an action word. Love at this level becomes an action. It's not a feeling. And this is where we need to get love in our relationship to this level. What does it look like to you? Don't tell your partner you love them. Action that. And by actioning that, you're not reacting to their response, you're sacrificing something or you're prepared to comes down to when you get to this level choosing the right person is only part of it now this also doesn't this doesn't necessarily relate directly to marriage this is just a good relationship it's becoming the right person all right there is no such thing as a perfect relationship. Anyone that's been married for any period of time, and we all hear about this honeymoon period, all right? we all know that it moves into where you have to work through issues. All right. Becoming the right person is the other part of it. It's not perfect. You go through life... Sometimes it feels like it's a tug of war. All right? You're just battling. It doesn't matter what it's about. You end up getting down to some nitty gritties where it's just a battle. You know, It's awful to admit it, but I'd have to say some of the best arguments my wife and I have had is on the way to church. You've got the kids in the back seat, things aren't going well, you're driving off to church and you are yelling and screaming at each other, trying to resolve it, and we do the old happy church thing. We walk in the door with bright, smiling faces. We all do it, all right? right? If you're a non-Christian, Christians are exactly the same. We go through the same pain. You can go through those times when you don't even want to talk to your partner. I'm not going to ask you, because I know that happens. You can't even bear to be in the same room as them sometimes. All right? I've got it. That's easy. Swipe left. All right? and we're out of here. You need to persist. Agape love. That sacrificial love is when you actually, you know what, you dig deep. You dig deep further and you go, no, I acknowledge that I have a commitment. And I have a commitment to work through this. And that is so hard. Right? Particularly for a guy who is generally right, I must say, I'm sorry say it, in our opinion, to sit down and go, you know what, I could be wrong, and have that discussion, all right, and work through that, and not go back to what I want, not go back to reacting to what's coming back at you, but responding in that sacrificial love, being the right person. Now, don't get me wrong here, there are relationships that don't work. Alright? There are. And that's for any number of reasons. And there are some relationships due to circumstances that are not healthy to be in. We all understand that side and we need to compartmentalise that for a moment because that area needs professional advice and assistance. That's not coming from me. Alright? You're not going to get that. But we know that. What I am saying is Jesus said, love one another as I have loved you, so you love. That is the process and the principle we follow in all relationships. All right? It's over and above marital, it's in all relationships. You need to work in such a way that you can have your tug of wars. That's That's life. You're not going to agree with everyone all the time. That's life. Yeah, it's tough, all right, that's life. But instead of reacting to the issues that come from it, instead of thinking, what am I not getting out of this, be the right person. Get to a point where it doesn't matter what issues come up. It doesn't matter how hard your relationship gets, there is that undenying commitment, that sacrificial love that you will try to make it work. All right? Love has gone from that wonderful romantic feel-good, I've got to be careful how far I go here, and, and let me tell you, that, that doesn't change, by the way. But you move it to another level where commitment comes into it. A new command. All right? And focus on, as I have loved you, not just that first but Don't put your own connotation on this. Focus on as I have loved you, from the person who gave us the greatest sacrifice that we have ever seen. We've all seen this, haven't we? We've been to a wedding. Alright? We can refine it further. This doesn't relate just to marriage, but to relationships, but we'll use it here as well. You probably thought this would be the main text, but it's not. And I've highlighted what I would consider the more major ones. Patient. I love this one, Keeps no record of wrongs. How often does that come back on both sides and you're bringing up something that happened three months ago, three years ago, all of that type of stuff. It does not keep a record. The other two I find really important too when you put true love at that level into context, it always protects and it always Perseveres. You're protecting your relationship, the love that you have. You are persevering in that relationship with the love that you have. Love isn't something we can throw away. It's not a chocolate bar. Right? It's not that great card that I thought was fantastic and in three or four years' time it's starting to break down. You know, what? I don't really love it that much anymore. I'll go get another one. We need to stop treating our relationships that way. Society is teaching us we can. It's providing us with the mechanisms to do that. It's almost encouraging us to do that. It's our right. We deserve better. The options are there. But be that right person. We have this for Monday here, all right, at Beyond. Beyond. Um, if it doesn't impact you today, or if it impacts you today, it should go through your whole week. All right? So I've got a few pointers on here. Just some simple ones. Just this week in the relationship you're in, if you're not in a relationship, by the way, you've got to get out of jail card a little bit. Find something that you're willing to sacrifice for your partner. Now, anything, that could be Time. Maybe that could simply be: How about you get up out of bed a little bit earlier and make them breakfast, and spend some time with them in that context? All right. It could be an action. You might have planned something that you're going out with your mates, going out with a girlfriend, seeing that movie. All right. I'm not saying dump them whole as bowlers, but sacrifice something and turn love into an action as Jesus did for us. The other one here, make a conscious decision. Now, I'm pretty safe in this, all right? I thought about this for a while, and I thought no one in a relationship could possibly go a whole week without disagreeing in some form, all right? Or having some debate in some form. So I'm not talking about a whole heart-blown argument. Make a conscious decision not to negatively react. Instead, show love, show kindness, be that right person, all right, at that point. Jesus said, and it's a command, for Christians, for followers of Jesus, as I said, it's not a request. And it's the second part of the command. And I like the first part of the command because Jesus refers to loving God the Father with all of your heart, with all of your mind, with all of your strength, and so on. So he defined it to start with what he's expecting from love. Then he really throws that one in at us and love one another as I have loved you as you should love others. And he gave us the absolute sacrifice of death for us to provide that hope to the world. To provide that hope to the world, to provide that hope in your relationship. All right, Move it into that higher elevation that is about commitment where you will protect it with everything. You will preserve it. You will persevere with it. All right? Choosing the right person, first part. Being the right person is what matters. Let me pray for you. Father, thank you for this uh, wonderful opportunity that we get simply through your grace, through the giving of your Lord Jesus Christ for all of us. And as Jesus taught us how to love at that absolute higher level, that sacrificial level to all of us, let it permeate to us throughout our relationships. Let us grasp in some form just the magnitude of what that is to love and to love without condition. To not react, to not feel threatened, to not feel defensive and to the point where right and wrong doesn't always matter. The relationship, the love to one another is what counts overall. Father, teach us to love in its true context of what love is meant to look like. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.